Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome to our Sunday morning Bible class. We're podcasting a Bible class on Sunday mornings, posting it at 9.30 a.m. each Sunday morning for those who cannot be with us in person at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ here in Omaha, but also for those who are listening in other parts of the country and literally around the world. Now, if you're in the Omaha area, we encourage you to come and be with us in person. Our church building is located at 3606 North 108th Street, 3606 North 108th Street, right here in Omaha, Sunny Slope Church of Christ. Our Bible classes begin every Sunday morning at 9.30, and uh, that's, they're followed by worship at 10.30, Sunday evening worship at 6 o'clock, and Wednesday evening Bible classes at 6.30 each Wednesday evening. Now, you're welcome to any and all of these services, and we encourage you, come and meet us, get to know us, let us get to know you, study God's Word with us, worship God with us, grow spiritually with us, again, at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ right here in Omaha. Now, if you're listening in other parts of the country and around the world, we're thankful that we have the opportunity and the ability and the means to spread God's Word, to teach God's Word on such a widespread basis through the medium of the internet and by means of these podcasts. And we know that even in the Omaha area, there are people who cannot get out very readily, but we're thankful again to be able to provide a Bible class, to provide Bible study and teaching for people in this way through this technology. We're thankful for that, and we praise God for it, and we give him all the glory and the praise and the thanks. Now, we encourage you to not only listen to these studies yourself, but share them with everybody you can. You know people who need to come closer to God. Share through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological means with everybody you can, your family members, your friends, your work associates, your neighbors, literally everybody you can. You may help somebody turn their life around. You may help somebody get to heaven. What a great blessing that will be for them, but it will also be a great blessing for you. And remember, faith comes by hearing the word of God. So helping people get into God's word is crucial for their eternal salvation. Also encourage people to take the opportunity to go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. Click on the podcast button and sign up for our podcasting. It is free. It always will be free. We're not after people's wallets. We want to help people get to heaven. And when they sign up for our podcasting, they will automatically receive our Wednesday night Bible class, our Sunday morning Bible class, all of our sermons, most, a great many of which are now posted in video format as well as audio format. They'll also receive a daily Monday through Friday radio program, Search the Scriptures. And, and I really think this is a gem, a, Monday, a Sunday through Saturday, seven days a week, short Bible study called Today's Bible Class. It's only about 13 minutes long, so it's easy to fit into our busy schedules every day, but it gets us into God's Word. And again, that's crucial for the building and the strengthening and the maintaining of our faith. And while at our website, people can download and listen to hundreds of sermons, and also they can download and read and study through hundreds of biblically-based and spiritually-focused articles. So great Bible study resource material right there 
for anybody who wants to take advantage of it, and it's all free. So encourage people to do exactly that and take advantage of it as much as they can. We're going to get back into our study from the book of Numbers. And in this particular book, we're following Israel, the Israelites, through the wilderness wanderings back to the border of the promised land, which would become the nation of Israel. And again, they're going through those wilderness wanderings because the adult generation had such a weak faith on the part of so many of those adults from 20 years old and up that God said, uh, okay, that's it. Uh, You're not going to enter into the promised land. And he turned them back into the wilderness so that entire adult generation could die off and their children below the age of 20 could grow up and have stronger faith, and he would lead them into the promised land and deliver it into their hands and give them the victory over the enemies that they would have to battle against once they entered that land. Well, we pick up with chapter 25, and the Israelites, they just, as we've seen through this historical reading and in, in beginning in, in, in Exodus and then going all the way through, we're getting toward the end of Numbers here, Boy, in spite of all that God did for them, all of the deliverances that he provided for them, feeding them miraculously, giving them water miraculously, and and as they would come to the end of their 40 years of wandering in the wilderness, they should have noticed, you know, our clothes never wore out over those 40 years. The soles of our shoes never got holes in them. So God just took care of them. But in spite of all of that and giving them victory over a number of enemies that would, that would uh, uh, do battle against them while they were journeying through the wilderness, in spite of all of that, they kept demonstrating a weakness in their faith. Well, again, that's why God was letting that entire adult generation from 20 years old and up die off in the wilderness at least almost all of them, possibly accepting the tribe of Levi, and certainly with the exception of Joshua and Caleb, who demonstrated great faith in God all of the time. Well, God was letting the rest of the adults die off so that their children could grow up stronger in faith, and he could give them the promised land that he had had promised in, in prophecy all the way back going to Abraham. So for hundreds and hundreds of years, God had this promise laid out for his people. Well, now it was time to give that to them. And as we come to these chapters that we've been in over the last two or three weeks, we see them coming close to that border again. They're getting close to the time when God is going to lead them across the Jordan River into the promised land, and they were going to have to fight battles against the inhabitants of that land who were not believers in and followers of God, but they worshiped idols, and God was going to instruct them, you drive them out. You don't have anything to do with them because the more interaction you have with them, the more they're going to lead you away from faithfulness to me. But now, right now, they're coming close to that, to that, to that border, they're coming close to the Jordan River, the eastern side of the land that would become Israel. Now, they have been fighting battles along the way now. And so, 
in, in chapters 23, 24, and now we pick up with chapter 25, we find the king of Moab, he has obviously gotten word of what the Israelites have done to the armies of some of his neighbors as they were approaching the land of Canaan, the promised land. And he, he knew that they had defeated army after army in battle and conquered those lands. And so he has called for a man of God, uh, a prophet, so to speak, a seer, and he has that man named Balaam, and he has, he has tried to commission him, tried to pay him to curse the Israelites. But Balaam, he stumbled along the way, and, and God corrected him. And so Balaam got back on track, and, and he, he uh, Balak rather got back. Uh, I'm sorry, Balaam got back on track, and he told the king of Moab, Balak, I can only say what God tells me to say. And so three times, three times, instead of cursing the Israelites, Balaam praises and blesses the in, the Israelites by God's instruction. Well, Balak, the king of Moab. That certainly does not please him. He's upset with Balaam. He's you know tried three times to get him to curse Israel. He said you blessed him three times, and so Balak tells uh, Balaam tells Balak, I, I told you I can only say what God tells me to say, and so Balak goes back home, and Balaam goes back to his place. In chapter twenty-five, in spite of Balaam blessing Israel and Balak becoming upset, we find the Israelites, as they're coming close to the border of the promised land, and they're coming into the, the, the nation of Moab, they stray. They, they turn away from God. Now, again, this is another example of their weak faith on the part of the adult generations. Their fickleness when it comes to their belief in and their faithfulness to God and so they start, they start having relations with the Moabite women, and with their with with their the Israelite men, and and those Moabite women they're idol worshippers, and they so they start leading many of the Israelite men into the worship of their idols. And now that's disrespectful, not only disrespectful to God, but that's unfaithful to God. In fact, in direct disobedience to God's instructions. You go back to the original Ten Commandments, and and the first one talks about, you shall have no other gods before me. You're not bowed down to them. You're not going to worship them. And the Israelites knew that. But here they are. They're slipping again in their faithfulness to God. So we pick up with verse 1 of Numbers chapter 25. Now Israel remained in Acacia Grove, and the people began to commit, a, to, to commit harlotry with the women of Moab. They invited the people to the sacrifices of their gods, that is the women, and they're kind of infiltrating, they're kind of migrating in a way. I mean, they're, they're, they're moving in among the Israelites, and they're, well, seducing them. I think we could say, and they're inviting them, trying to get them, come, come and worship our idols with us. So they invited the people to, 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 to the sacrifices of their gods, and the people ate and bowed down to their gods. 
Now, that again was spiritual harlotry, unfaithfulness to God. They had struggled with this, and, they, and the people of Israel would continue to struggle with this particular sin for hundreds of years to come. They'd go back and forth, up and down, and God would punish them. And then as they would repent, God would bless them. But it would take them hundreds and hundreds of years to finally completely put out of their conscience, their spiritual conscience, the worship of idols. But eventually, and that would be the study for later on down the road, eventually they would do exactly that. They would learn their lesson finally and for good. So here, the Moabite women, they're moving in among the Israelite camp. They're, well, seducing, I think, is proper, the proper understanding. Some of the Israelite men, they're encouraging them, come worship our gods with us, our idols. Verse 3, so Israel was joined to Baal of Peor, of Peor and the anger of the Lord was aroused against Israel. Now, when it says Israel was joined to Baal, or Baal would be a more correct un, uh, pronunciation of the Hebrew there, they were joined to an idol. They were beginning to worship this idol that the Moabites worshipped. Then the Lord said to Moses, take all the leaders of the people and hang the offenders before the Lord out in the sun that the fierce anger of the Lord may turn away from Israel. God tells Moses, here is the action I want you to take. Take the leaders among the Israelites who are leading the people off in this ungodly, unfaithful direction, and you hang them in the sun. Let the people see their bodies hanging there, that the fierce anger of the Lord may turn away from Israel. Now, we might look at that as something of a, a barbaric kind of judgment and punishment. But God was looking out for the souls of the people. God knows best. These folks were, were off in sin. They were off in ungodliness. And the danger was that they were going to lead perhaps all of Israel into this ungodly practice of worshiping idols. And by now, after all that God had done for them, after he had delivered them time and time and time again, in various ways, they should have been absolutely staunch, steadfast in their faith in and faithfulness to God, but they're still showing their wishy-washiness when it comes to believing in and faithfully following God and being totally dedicated to him. So, by taking these leaders out of the action, their influence on the rest of the people would come to an end more quickly. So verse 4, then the Lord said to Moses, take all the leaders of the people, hang, hang the offenders before the Lord out in the sun, that the fierce anger of the Lord may turn away from Israel. So Moses said to the judges of Israel, every one of you kill his men who were joined to Baal, or Baal, a Peor. Execution, in other words. And indeed, one of the children of Israel came and presented to his brethren a Midianite woman in the sight of Moses and in the sight of all the congregation of the children of Israel who were weeping at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. 
Well, when God would bring judgment upon the Israelites, then finally it would get their attention. And so here are people weeping there at the door of the tabernacle, the place of worship before God. Now, when Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest, saw it, he rose from among the congregation and took a javelin in his hand, and he went after the man, he went after the man of Israel into the tent and thrust both of them through, the man of Israel and the woman through her body, so the plague was stopped among the children of Israel. A plague was issuing forth among the Israelite people because of their sin against God in worshiping idols. And here comes a man, and he's, he's got this Midianite woman. He's got this idol-worshiping woman. Well, Phinehas, the priest, he executes both of them on the spot. And those who died in the plague were 24,000. 24,000 because of their unfaithfulness before God. What if, what if God were to bring that kind of summary judgment upon people who are unfaithful to him today? People who claim to be followers of him, but they were wishy-washy, they were lukewarm, and they would turn to the ways of the world, they would turn to idol worship or whatever it might be. What if he brought that kind of summary judgment on the spot and sent a plague and 24,000 died within just a few days, perhaps, what would be our response today? Well, let me tell you, a whole lot of people are dying lost in their sin. People who claim to believe in God. People who claim to be followers of Jesus. In Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23, Jesus said, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, I'm sorry, first he said in verse 21, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. And many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not cast out demons in your name and, 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 and performed many wonders, mighty works, miracles in your name? And then I will say to them, depart from me, you who work iniquity or you evildoers, I never knew you. Now, these were people, and and I paraphrase to some extent that text of Scripture, these were people who obviously believed not only in God, but believed in Jesus. They called him Lord. In fact, emphatically, Lord, Lord. Jesus says, not everyone who calls me that, not everyone who claims to be a believer is going to enter the kingdom of heaven, but only those who truly do the will of my Father in heaven. Now, in verse 22, many are going to say, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, done many wonders in your name? And then he says, I'll declare to them, I never knew you. You were never with me. Depart from me. You who practice lawlessness, or another text, another translation that says, I believe says, you evildoers. A whole lot of people who believe in God, who believe in Jesus, are walking in the wrong direction. They're lost in their sin because they're not following God his way. They're not following Jesus the way that he has laid out for us in the scriptures. And so 
this man who brings this Midianite woman, all of those 24,000 who might have said, well, I still believe in God, but you know, what's, what's the harm in worshiping these idols as well? No, that does not get it. We cannot compromise our faith in and faithfulness to and commitment to the only true God, and that is God in heaven. And so 24,000 died of the plague. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest, has turned back my wrath from the children of Israel, because he was zealous with my zeal among them, so that I did not consume the children of Israel in my zeal. This priest, Eleazar, the son of Aaron, he demonstrated his faith in God. Emphatically, he executed that Israelite man who was being an ungodly influence on the rest of the people of Israel by bringing this Midianite woman, this idol-worshiping woman, in their midst. And when Phinehas executed them on the spot, God said, okay, my wrath has come to an end. But still 24,000 died. How many millions and perhaps millions are dying in their sin right now, claiming, even with their last breath, if they're asked, oh, I believe in God. I believe in Jesus. But they have lived ungodly lives. Some who would even say, well, no, I, I've, I've been a part of a church. I've, I've been worshiping God regularly. But they weren't doing it according to God's will. They weren't following his instruction as to how to follow him, as to how to be faithful, dedicated Christians. And so Jesus says, even many who say to me, Lord, Lord, they're not going to be with me in heaven. They're, they're workers of iniquity. They're evildoers. They're not following me the way that is laid out for them in my Father's Word, by my instructions in Scripture. They're just following me their own way. And they have never been with me. So, verse 11 again of Numbers chapter 25. Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest, has turned back my wrath, God says, from the children of Israel, because he was zealous with my zeal among them. Phinehas was not wishy-washy in this occasion, so that I did not consume the children of Israel in my zeal. Therefore say, and God's speaking to Moses here, therefore say, behold, I give to him my covenant of peace, and it shall be to him and his descendants after him a covenant of an everlasting priesthood, because he was zealous for his God and made atonement for the children of Israel. Now the name of the Israelite who was killed, who was killed with the Midianite woman, was Zimri, the son of Salu, a leader of a father's house among the Simeonites. And the name of the Midianite woman who was killed was Cosby, the daughter of Zur. He was head of the people of a father's house in Midian. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Harass the Midianites and attack them. Harass the Midianites and attack them. Well, Balak, the king, had wanted to have Balaam 
the man of God cursed the Israelites. And now the women, at least many of them, of the, of the Moabites and the Midianites, had infiltrated the Israelite camp and seduced a lot of the men and led them into the worship of their idols. And so God's he's bringing judgment upon Moab now, upon the Midianites. And so he says, harass the Midianites, attack them, for they harassed you with their schemes by which they seduced you in the matter of Peor and in the matter of Cosby, the daughter of, the leader of, of a leader of Midian, their sister, who was killed in the day of the plague because of Peor. So God is bringing judgment upon the Midianites. Now, remember that is that as the Israelites were moving through these lands, they would send word ahead to the kings of those lands and say, we need to pass through your land, but we're not going to cause any problem. We're not coming in war. We're coming in peace. We just need to pass through. Just let us pass through. And the kings would not accept that assurance. And so they would raise their armies and attack the Israelites and and they paid the price. God gave the victory to the Israelites. If Balak, the king of Moab, and the Moabites and the Midianites are connected here, if, they had, if he had just let them pass through, well, then his army would be spared, his land would be spared to a great extent. But no, he wanted to do something to try to stop the Israelites and, and perhaps even defeat them. And maybe he had further ulterior motives that are just not brought out in the scriptures. But whatever, because of his actions, ultimately, he paid the price. And his people and his land paid the price. Israel needed to learn a lesson. The Moabites and Midianites needed to learn the lesson that there is only one true God, and that is the God of heaven. And we need to learn a lesson that not only do we need to believe in God, but that we need to be absolutely faithful to God consistently on an ongoing basis throughout our lives. We'll move on next time. Let's go to our Heavenly Father in prayer. Father, thank, thank you for giving us such instruction in your word as to people who made mistakes in not being totally faithful to you, in trying to mix ungodliness with godliness, and that never works. Help us to learn from the lessons that they had to learn so that we don't make the same kinds of mistakes. Please guide us and bless us in your will and protect us against evil and against the evil one, Father, the devil himself. Please forgive us, gracious Father, and hear our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.